Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It's season, oh my gosh, one, two, season three. Sure is. More Fire Free Head Top, and welcome back. Is that a ghost? Is from that the a. Past, from the past. From the, from past? the past. Oh my gosh, y'all, welcome back. Ade. Pew, 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 pew. Um, man, wow, listen, it is, it's 2020. That's it's 2020. Isn't wild. it? Isn't that nuts? It's 2020. You know, um, you know, so I, I definitely want to say though, you know, I've missed you. Y'all, y'all know, y'all probably noticed Ade has not been on uh, the podcast regularly, hasn't been around, you know breaking my heart quite frankly you know what i'm saying i had i cried you know i was sad all right okay all right sir i'm just thankful i'm happy that you're here you know um season three is gonna be crazy right we have a lot of stuff going on we have um you know more features you know more profiles and highlights from you know different companies you know we saw y'all had you know we've had accenture on we had coalition of black excellence on we got some other conversations and things that we're cooking up but yeah. nothing shared just yet you know we are working on um, a book. That's right. That's right. More to come on that later, but I'm just kind of throwing some teases out there. We got some some other media that we're going to be experimenting with this year. Really excited about that. Hey. Um, and then, you know, we got, what else, man? We got, you know, Ade's, I, I'm not, I'm not going to step on Ade, so she has some content that we're going to get into that she recorded and she gets to the next level of her next stage of her professional career and journey, but I'm going to give her space to talk about that in a second. Um, before we go there, though, uh, let's talk about the holiday season, what did you do? Oh, God, what did I do? I uh, I slept. Turn up. I ate. Yeah. And I twisted my ankle. How'd you twist your ankle? I, I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, the point remains, um, I survived. I, I survived the holiday season. I spent mm-hmm. some time with my loved ones um I, I don't know if i've mentioned my nephews on here before but um i have two nephews um one who loves me and one hates me um but you know thanks be to god the one who, who hates me now loves me and he wants to spend time with me on a regular basis now no, children um, are children are a fickle beast man they are so terrible they are unruly and they are tyrants <laughs> but we love them I, man we do i have a nephew he is adorable goodness yeah. gracious he's adorable but it's like and he and I, I just realized i guess i should go ahead and drop the news sheesh i'm talking about kids so well first of all let me well, let me say this first so i have a nephew he is adorable yeah uh, and i he's too, but and he but he's he's a boy right and i just I, if i baby he's just gonna get away with everything if i if i babysit him because he's just too cute but he's he's mischievous. Like he's a cute little mischievous kid. But I'm just not, and I'm just not tough enough because he's too cute. He's too cute. Um, you know. Now, if you have if y'all have ugly kids, like bring them over. I'll be a great disciplinarian. But if your kid is what? cute, <laughs> nah, ain't oh no such thing God. as ugly kids. Dude. Children are a blessing. That's it's awesome. And actually, it's with that in in mind. You know, I actually have some news. You know, what I'm saying I'd like to share. Um, you know. If anybody follows me on Instagram, which y'all don't, because my follower account is not that booming like that, and I haven't posted on Living Corporate, um, but my wife and I are expecting our first child, a uh, hey. little girl. 
very excited. You know what I'm saying? You know, I just wanted to say that Ade makes a really great first name for baby girls. I, I'm just saying, putting it out there. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What's with the personal attacks? Like, oh my gosh, dog! Shout out to shout out to my wife, my spouse, my queen, my <laughs> rib. You know what I'm saying, Candice. Um, doing all the hard work, you know, I, you know, listen, it just, I didn't, I, I, I put in the work, but you know what I mean? I'm not really carrying the load, you know what I'm saying? So air horns for her, you know what I'm saying? Just really appreciate her. Um, you know, just really appreciate her. Um, and, um, but okay. So wait, so we talked, you said you talked to, you ate, you talked, you talked about some food that you, so what, what did you eat? Like, what was your favorite thing? God, that's a good question. I have to like go back in the, in the memory bank, mm-hmm. and by memory bank, I mean I have to take a look at these photos that I took of my bending plates. Um, All right, pull 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 those up because I know for me, I know for me, like, and shout out to my grandmother in law. Um, she made all types of uh, vittles. They were delicious. And then shout out to my did you wife. Say vittles? I did say vittles. I'm trying to bring Why vittles back so in 2020. Dog, I'm trying to bring 20. Vitt- who, who think about the last time if you like n- like we have not. Our parents have not. Perhaps our grandparents are the last generation that use the word vittles casually. Right. Term. And I, I think that's for good reason. And she it's leave that so term old. There. Vittles, dog. It's so, 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 so old. Kind of um, like you. We know. Kind of like kind of like me. That's right. I'm a whole 30 out here. Um, but um, as well. I know. Right. Because because you just turned like 19. Um, first of all, 16. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, not 16. <laughs> not 16. Nope, 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 nope. Not, there's no, no creep life around here. No, nope. wow. you, are, you are 20, you're 24, right? Or you're 25. 25. Congratulations on turning 25. 25. You know, um, so you're pull, 25. Okay. Uh, and, you're, <laughs> you're, and so you're pulling up your play. I was going to say, so like I said, and I was in the middle of my shout outs and my thanks before you rudely called me old. Um, so my grandmother-in-law and then my, my wife made um, some incredible uh, bread pudding. She made bread pudding with croissants oh, wow. and, and then didn't use buttermilk for the cream. Instead used, um, uh, what she used? Doggone it. She Look used um, eggnog. Oh. And just, no, just because like ran, cause she ran out of buttermilk. It's like, that's ah, kind of the same. That eggnog was hit. I said, yo, what is this? Literally, it was, I mean, it got ate up. Shout out to my sister-in-law, Holly. Ooh, she made some incredible oh, mac and Candace? cheese. Yes. yes. And and Holly, listen, man, shout out to Holly, man. She's cool people. Um, sister-in-law, you know, I, I definitely consider her uh, a Bucky, you know what I'm saying, in this space of allyship and war and fighting for equ- equity and justice for underrepresented people. And you know how I know Holly is an ally? And I haven't told her this, so she listened to this podcast. It'll be her first time hearing this. <laughs> I knew that she was an ally. First of all, first of all, she's an ally off top because I mean, come on, like she's been down, she's been doing this. Like she's she's but a but a reminder of her allyship, and because this is not the determinant because she's been an ally off, off a bunch of other stuff. A reminder of her allyship. She was making macaroni and cheese, and she baked the macaroni and cheese. And I said, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it, dog. I. <laughs> She's never, no, let me tell you something. She has never, she has yet to let me down. Every, I'd be like, no, she holds it down, bro. She holds are, it down. You are so incredibly canceled. I can't. Shout, shout out to, shout out to Holly, my sister-in-law. Shout out to all my allies out there. And if you call yourself an ally and you're not baking your macaroni and cheese, 
you are not an ally, dog. We don't know you in these streets. We do not know you in these streets if you do not bake your macaroni and cheese. Bake it. Because I, it is I not don't... done until it's baked. What 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 are you doing? You are serving what are you undercooked doing here? food. What are you doing here? You putting just giving me these wet, hot noodles? Bake it. That don't even sound right. It don't. How some wet hot? Come on, relax. So anyway, but man, let me tell you something. The highlight of my uh, from a cuisine perspective, highlight was when my uncle Marvin brought in these pecan candies. Oh, I mean, my goodness! Listen, I said. Boy, the blessed boy. <laughs> what? What is your problem? <laughs> I. Uh, what? <sighs> man, I said, bro. He, man, let me tell you something. As soon as soon, and everybody got their little bag. Hand me that bag. I said, "What it do, baby?" Yeah. All right. So you were just starting 2020 off on all types of foolishness. All right, heard you. Listen, man, I'm over here. Listen, I'm over here. I'm so excited because you ain't been around for a while. But see, since you've been gone, we've been using the soundboard. And I'm going I'm to I'm share I, the soundboard with you. Yeah, oh, listen, the soundboard is heat rock. Um, oh. You know, I, I just, I really enjoy it quite a bit. Um, so let me think about this. Um, you haven't, you still haven't talked about the food that you ate. Oh, yeah. Um, I have been really on like a smoky kick lately so okay. i had like um um i made macaroni and cheese um okay. but with all smoked cheeses oh and it was just because you like cheese like that we talked about this you just like were you were you just introduced to cheese recently yes i was i was very very recently like a year ago introduced to cheese i i have discovered that i am still quite lactose intolerant like my my ancestors were not with the the lactose tip but you know what i'm gonna take my chances um i had my um smoked mac and cheese and i had it with um the best collard greens i've ever made in all of my life um when I, I drizzled that little bit of just maple syrup right on it with that smoked turkey stock, I was just kind of like, "Goodness gracious!" God loves me. No, He does. That's like, true. This, this, this is this is proof of, of the existence of a divine, and that dude loves me. Or do they? Man, you know. Let me tell you. Let me non-binary. Tell you <laughs> <laughs> Eternal uh, existence. Uh, so yes, uh, and you know it's funny. It's funny because you know you and I are sitting here, right? It's been it was a crazy year. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, you know things that we can share in time throughout season three. Uh, right, talking about physical health, mental health, Ooh. emotional health, um, financial health, right? Career, personal, professional development. Things that we were. It's interesting because like. I don't know, man. And I'm kind of jumping all around because I'm so excited. I'm excited for you to be here, but I'm excited just to like kick off this season. And so I know like this, y'all, this is like a Lucy, like we don't have a formatted, you know, interviewee or anything like that. We're just, we're just chopping it up. Uh, yeah. Welcoming Ade back all the way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's just been a lot. And it's just interesting because we were creating content. We were creating content for Living Corporate. And at the same time, we were, um, you know, it was helping us while we were helping other people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's do this. Um, 
like like mm-hmm. we said before, you had something that you already had like created and recorded. Yeah. Um, that I think would be really helpful for us to put in on this episode. So why don't we talk a little bit about that and then we'll 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 transition to that. Awesome. So talk to me about like what was it? Like I know we talked about, you know, like your journey, you've had some updates in your life and what you've been doing professionally and personally, like what was it that you that you that we're gonna be listening to in a minute? Yeah, um, I'm just going to take a sip of my mimosa because I just feel really good about where I am right now spiritually. So uh, There you go. <clears throat> la 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 la. All right, y'all. So your girl is officially a junior software engineer. Bop. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I started my um, money position as a junior software engineer. Um, and it's, it's honestly been surreal. My, my entire experience, I applied for a job, um, got a call back almost instantaneously, um, got the, so I, I made it through, um, the first call, the phone screening with the recruiter, and then I had a technical interview and then I had an in-person interview that was also sort of, um, technical and then I had a job offer and all of that took, um, the span of a week and a half. I literally applied to the job on a Wednesday, the Friday after that, like the, the week after that, um, on Friday, I had the job offer in my hand and I actually had a competing, um, job offer to move to Boston at the time. So it would, it honestly was an incredibly surreal experience. Um, I went from, there were days I would literally wake up to like five, six, seven, eight letters of rejection in my email first thing in the morning. Um, and, and I would like to kind of explore a little bit further the toll that job searching takes on your mental health. Um, because there's, there was certainly, there were certainly days when I would, literally just feel dejected um in a society where you you are kind of graded on not just graded your, your worth is judged on off of you know in in relation to you in relation to your humanity um how much are you worth within a capitalistic system um and um the my job at the time was incredibly toxic. I felt, um, dejected pretty much every single day waking up. Um, but that's not, that wasn't the end of it. And I'm so glad it wasn't. Right. Um, and it was, you know, thanks to people like you, people like my best friend, Kendall, um, people like Liz, um, who really like affirmed me because I have a tendency to internalize, um, situations and you know look for ways in which these things are my fault and I I remember even having a conversation with Liz where she literally said these are all symptoms of an emotionally abusive relationship and I'm like how how do you have an emotionally abusive relationship with your job uh um but that's entirely real It's it's a real thing um and just being able to step back from all of that and literally like wash my hands off at the end of the year and never have to speak to those people again or never have to be in a situation in which I feel as though I'm compromising my mental health um, 
for the sake of, I have to, to take care of my family and I have to protect what's mine. Um, yeah, you guys are going to hear a whole lot more of that, um, as the episode continues, but, um, I, I, I'm nothing short of eternally grateful for the fact that 2019 is over, but it was over and I took it like a G. Yo, and shout out to you for that. Like, <laughs> So 2019, 2019 was hard. 2019 whooped my. <laughs> okay, but you know what? I whooped it back. Listen, 2019 was 2019 was coming for your boy's <laughs> neck. It was like we want we coming for you, sucker. It's like my <laughs> gosh, leave me alone, 2019. What y'all doing? But you're right though, and you know, look, it's a new year. Yep, new me. And it's, you know, you know, it's a new year, um, new spaces, new mindsets, you know, new opportunities. And just space to to reset and 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 really get back on it, right? Like, I'm I'm hoping that most of us were able to take some time away for the holidays so we can come back at least somewhat refreshed for a new year, a new decade. You know, people a lot of people have been saying new decade and stuff, but let's just take every day as a as a blessing that it's a new day, right? Like, you may not see 2030, right? But you but you have if you're listening to this right now, you have this day today, and so just being excited about that. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. We're gonna kick. We're gonna we're gonna transition over there. Before we do that, um, Ade, is there anything else that we need to talk about? I I do want to make a, a quick note about. So we're we're currently in a time of upheaval. Um, I'm not gonna make too much reference to that. I just want to kind of make the point. Well, two points. One that we don't lose sight of humanity as a whole in trying to protect our daily reality. And two, that you don't let whatever is happening in the news cycle sway you off of the intentions that you've set for this year. Um, You set those intentions for a reason. You set those goals, whatever um, that you did for a reason. And hopefully you are recognizing all the ways in which the new cycle could be causing um, any number of um, anxious or negative thoughts or anything like that. But I do want you to be able to step back. And by you, I mean the entire living corporate family. Um, Be able to recognize when you are stuck in a feedback loop of negative thoughts, negative news, negative content. Um, and kind of find your way back to your center. Um, because as long as there is a world out there, there is always going to be negativity to feed into, but don't let your 2020 start off with that because we just, we literally just kicked 2019's butt. 2020, let's focus more on our communities. Let's focus on our mental health and smashing our goals. Yo, amen to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I super agree. Um, and <laughs> and you know, I think I think that like what you're speaking to also is like, and like so you talk about upheaval. That reminds me of like two things. One, um, I just read this article and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's called um, it is called Democracy Grief is Real, and it's an opinion piece from the New York Times, which is like a soul. Se- we can talk about the New York Times at a separate time, but this particular piece was very good. And just talking about the toll, the mental and emotional toll 
that the world's events is taking on you, like just being more and more aware of like systemic injustices, oppression, and like blatant dis, um, unethical behaviors. What it like just the impact that it has on you, just living, right? Just you seeing that. What it, what does it do to you? Right. Uh, and I think you know to that point, like I'm really excited because this season we're going to be talking about real structural inequity. We're going to be talking about like, we're really going to be calling out um, white supremacy and patriarchy and privilege and access and, um, and, and, and holding and holding people, institutions um, of power to account when it comes to how they can better support and create more equitable places for black and brown folks, for not for underrepresented folks, for non-straight white able-bodied men to work and to exist and to live. Um, You know, like I think 2020 is going to be a really interesting decade in that you have like, I I just, I think that there's a certain level of consciousness that like people are waking up to. I don't think there's going to be some great revival or anything like that. So like, don't, don't misquote me, but I do think that like certain things are coming to a head. I do think that like, when you talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion work, there just is going to be less and less space for like the corporatized whitewashed, um, talk tracks that we typically hear i think that i just i don't i just don't see those things surviving i think that like i think like technology i think technology and just access is changing for black and brown folks to the point where and this just this generation like they're just not gonna stay like they're just not gonna stay and put up with being mistreated right um and and we've seen it already like and we've seen that we've seen that first of all we've this is not a new phenomenon like we've seen this since anti we've seen this from the jump for, for, for black folks at least I mean, but just for all oppressed groups in America um, eventually there's going to be resistance and I think that I just think that that's bubbling up into these very like corporate spaces too and so I'm excited because of some of the guests that we have this season really going to be getting into that really giving like really honest um, approachable at the same time advice and um, on what leaders can be doing to either um, disrupt or dismantle um, systems that have um, historically disadvantaged black and brown folks, underrepresented folks. And I'm just really excited about that. Like we had a few uh, people hit me up last season, Ade, like kind of like kind of salty about like the content. Really? Yeah, just a little bit, like just just a little, like not- Why though? Not, why no, they were like they just felt like some of it was a little too a little too honest a little too black you know what i'm saying but <clears throat> may i address that real quick go ahead <laughs> let me liberate my throat <clears throat> kick rocks <laughs> they just, they just there are folks who want to do diversity equity and inclusion but they're trying to figure out a way to do it without like offending white folks or offending the people in majority so which i don't understand i i don't believe your sincerity as someone who professes that and i i recently saw a tweet and i i wish i could um quote my source but i saw someone say say um switch the d in d and dei um from diversity to decolonization Ooh. fire that wait hold what fire fire no that is that is fire are you kidding me 
switch the D from diversity to decolonization? Bro, it, it literally changed for me the entire framework of D and I because it if you were taking a liberation stance within the context of what a workplace environment needs to be, you are approaching that from from the context of not only are do we not care about your discomfort, we are actually actively pursuing your discomfort because your discomfort is where your decolonization lies. Like that's that's where you're going to address all of the biases that you have that you've had the privilege thus far of not having to confront. Um and not even not even your biases, but we are like actively taking back um space from you and taking and giving voice to the people that have been um deliberately silenced um in these spaces. So again, the reason I say kick rocks is because I mean we're decolonizing this space. This is a decolonized space, my accent aside. So like we're we're really not <laughs> inside joke. Um so so we're as far as I am concerned, like there is no such thing as prioritizing the feelings of the oppressor over the oppressed. And yes, by default, if you are not the oppressed, you are the oppressor. That's. And this is this is a binary that we actually accept on Living Corporate. You know what I'm saying? We affirm LGBTQIA plus identity, right? You know what I'm saying? We had a we had content in the last season about you know being non-binary. Yo, that's great though. I'm trying to I'm trying to find this tweet that you said. If you just made that up, that's still fire. But yeah, I swear I saw it on Twitter. That's just a great. I love that. I love that. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. And I think it's interesting because when you hear some of the episodes, when y'all hear some of the episodes that like we have this upcoming season, it's all about like like these are people who are CEOs of like diverse equity and inclusion firms, right? Like they. They're, they're consultants, they're, they're executives. And they're, I'm noticing there are certain like benchmarks around like, you can kind of tell like, I'm just kind of where people are. But most people tie the diversity, they tie equity, equity to justice, right? Like when you talk about like the true DEI work in this space, it's all about justice. And, um, it's interesting because um, I've seen like I've seen executives of like major corp, corp corporations um, talk about there's a recent article from Harvard's, Harvard Business Review about um, creating like black equity at work. And I was like, look, y'all are retweeting this. Y'all consider what this means before y'all start saying y'all want equity at work. Equity at work means like a certain level of like. um right sizing and like all like really like restore like restorative behaviors that like america hasn't even like grasped onto yet so like the concept of equity when it's truly driven like to its like like when it's really grasped is like is radical right like it's a radical thing to propose and like it it would disrupt and and um disassemble so many things that have been long-standing for the that that have been comforting to those in the majority and so anyway my whole point is that like i'm looking forward to like scaring myself with the content that we're putting out this season um i don't want to make i don't want to pull any punches um, i'm excited about i'm just excited about this season so if you're listening to this and you're passionate about um 
being seen, being heard, you're underrepresented, or you're an advocate, an ally of the underrepresented work, and you'd like to journey with us, you'd like to be on the show with us, just contact us through the website. Um, I guess that's it, you know. We'll um what we're gonna do now is we'll pivot over um to Ade's recording that she had. Um, and this was last year. Um, so if you hear any references, um, that's what that's about. But really excited for y'all to check that out. Um, Ade, any parting words before we transition up out of here? Um, no, let's just in 2020 resolve to, to live our best lives. Um, and I mean that in the like healthiest way possible. I've, I've been guilty of using that phrase to justify the worst of my, my ecstasies in, um, the past and no promises that I won't do so again in 2020, but, um, let's resolve to, you know, prioritize our, our health and our mental, um, mental health in particular. And, you know, checking on your friends because many, many, many of your friends are having a difficult time and, and don't know how to say it. Um, but I believe in the power of community and I believe that we as a whole are capable of holding each other accountable. Yes, but also really uplifting each other in ways that, um, are awesome to behold. So, um, and I, I do mean that in the old school, awesome <laughs> shout out to, to Zach and, you know, reviving the meanings of old words, but, <laughs> old school awesome in that like awe inspiring um but yeah you listen to living corporate y'all <laughs> peace all right y'all uh welcome to season three hope y'all stay around excited for y'all uh to come on this audio adventure with us uh this year and um We'll catch y'all, shoot, next week. Peace. What's up, y'all? This is our day. Um, I just wanted to pop my head back in. It's been a very, very long time since um, I've been around. And it's been intentional. It's been an intentional break. Um... I had to, this has been a pretty difficult year for me, but also one of the best years of my life. Um, I had to take a step back from a lot of things and really reassess, um, you know, my, my journey, my progress and really where I'm trying to go with my life. Uh, that sounds like a lot. Um, good news, bad news, bad news is, you know, I turned 25 and I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I I still I still don't truly know the meaning of life, my life. But, you know, it's cool. I'm still I'm defining that building my parachute on the way down. <clears throat> Good news. Uh remember when I said I wanted to be an engineer? I did it. <laughs> um I I got an official offer and I will be starting um, in my role very, very soon. Um, Your girl is officially a full stack software engineer, junior software engineer, but a software engineer nonetheless. Um, And I just kind of wanted to share what went into all of this. It's been nearly two years. Um, Actually, it's been two years. 
uh, since I decided that I was going to do this. And it, it, it's been, I think, the hardest thing I've ever done. And uh, this episode is all about telling you how and why. This is Ade, and you're listening to Living Corporate. In order to be successful, um, I have distilled all of the things that I have I've learned down to three key ingredients. Grit, faith, and humor. Um, so many of you have been following this podcast for a while. You might not know. Um, me, since I've been gone for such a long time, you might not know, um, why I am where I am and what led me to deciding that I was going to become a software engineer. Uh, and the, the story I always tell is that, you know, on my, the eve of my 23rd birthday, I wrote 23 promises to myself. And the very first one was that I was going to learn a new skill and I'd learn how to code. What a lot of you don't know is that. The reason I even got there in the first place was because uh, I went through a really, really bad breakup. Um, And this is going to be like super vulnerable. And I am not going to make eye contact with anybody who listens to this for like a solid year because I don't bear my soul this this often. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I went through a really bad breakup and it had me questioning you know, myself, my self-worth, um, whether I was a good person. Um, and it, it really like shook me to my core. And in the midst of this breakup, right before, uh, my birthday, I'd gone to, um, a, a workshop that's, uh, called Hear Me Code. Um, it was, it's an organization, organization now semi-defunct, um, but it's an organization uh, led by a lady named Shannon Turner who um, takes an afternoon and just teaches a whole bunch of women um, the basics of Python. Uh, there are three levels. There's the level one, which is like what I found myself in. And then you have level two, who are people people who have already been to level one, who have the fundamentals and are trying to get a little bit um, better. And then you have level three is people who are... Um, who have been to level one and two, um, or are a little bit more intermediate programmers and are like ready to build projects and all that, all of the other fun stuff. Now, into this little story is where I find myself. I went to this thing. Um, I had dropped out of grad school. I was again in the middle of this like super toxic um, breakup, and I just needed to feel good about myself. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to be spontaneous and I'm going to do this thing. Um, And I had this old rinky-dink laptop. Um, Took like 15 minutes to get started. Uh, And I didn't know a thing about anything. Uh, My whole life up until this point had been political science and sociology and philosophy. And I considered myself a relatively cerebral person, but like not smart. Like I, I was not, I didn't consider myself in any way technical, um, I avoided math, like, you, like, my life depended, um, on not knowing what, like, algebra was, it, 
it really, I defined myself as a person who was incapable of doing certain things and programming would be one of those things. And so in this time when I found myself and my definition of myself unraveling, I needed to know that I was still capable of finding joy in little things. So I went to this workshop and I loved it. Like my computer couldn't like do anything. So I actually found myself on a website called Replit, uh, R-E-P-L dot I-T. And it's basically like an online, um, it's like an, an online um, environment where you can write code and run it and see it work. And you don't necessarily have to have like mastery over your terminal. You don't necessarily don't need to concern yourself with anything that's going on on the back end. You can literally just like print hello world and it'll print hello world. And it is a magical, magical place. <laughs> um, and this was important because first it showed me the value of creating, um, never create consider myself a creative uh but being able to be in a space where i was literally like forming whole things and commanding the computer to do something and it did it i, I felt powerful i felt like a magician and i thought you know what i'm gonna learn how to code um but then my computer died and, <laughs> and i packed that up <laughs> um so I packed that up and I didn't really pick up uh, programming again for several months after. And then came um, the end of October. I had, um, you know, moved out of my apartment at the time. Um, again, this like really, really scary thing had happened to me with my ex and I had moved home and I felt like a failure and I was like laying in a sleeping bag <laughs> Um, next to my mom's bed and I was up all night just like writing these promises to myself I had sourced promises from other people but the very first thing that I, I could recall thinking was like I want to be better like I want to be a better version of myself and the gap between who I am now and the best version of myself can be bridged. I just, I know it. Um, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to make these promises and I'm going to keep them. And I'm going to find 24 year old a day to be a better version than 23 year old a day. Period. No questions, no questions about it. I'm not doing this again. Um, so I wrote those promises and I asked the people I love to hold me to them. Um, and in the next year, um, I moved out, like I think three weeks after that, I found another apartment, moved out, um, to Alexandria, found, um, a job that I really liked and it all seemed to be coming together. Um, but then my computer, the old drink computer just died. Um, and I didn't have a whole lot of like personal time, so programming just kind of went by the wayside like I would pick it up every once in a while and like I would complete a couple of sessions or a, com a couple of lessons and that'd be that 
Um, but then I, <laughs> I applied for this Udacity um, scholarship and I got it. <laughs> Which, if you know anything about me, is that like I I really don't win things very often, which is it goes into the narrative that you tell yourself about yourself, right? Like about whether or not you're a winner or whether or not you're deserving, um, whether or not like this life thing is a thing that you can succeed at, um, and like as a sidebar, negative self talk has been a thing for me. As long as I can remember. Um, I I have never been the sort of person who like wakes up in the morning and it's like, you can do this. You're amazing. You're awesome. You can take anything that life throws at you, etc, etc. Um, a, I'm not a morning person. So like, don't talk to me until 11 a.m. And B, I just never had the voices in my head that were super positive. Like all the voices in my head were kind of sorry to whoever's listened to this and doesn't like bad words but they were um and so th- throughout this process I've actually learned that like affirmations are a huge 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 thing for your mental health and it's something that I incorporate now into like my life like affirmations you need to hear yourself speaking well of yourself to yourself um and if you take nothing else from this podcast take that so we're back in what is this, uh, 20, 2018? Yeah. Um, is it 2018? I don't think it's 2018. What is this? 2019? The years melt together. Yeah, it is 2018 actually. <laughs> so in 2018, I have this fantastic job, um, friends and I meet somebody new and, um, everything is going swimmingly, but I'm not truly like learning at the pace that I should be. So I'm going to tell you about the very first mistake that I think I made out of like, or the biggest mistake that I made, not the very first one, because there were many, (laughs) there were many, they were varied and they were huge. Now, the very first mistake I made was that I let myself get distracted. Life is not a distraction. Joy is not a distraction. Um, Being social, letting yourself love and be loved is not a distraction what is a distraction is um when you create a goal for yourself and you do not take the necessary steps in order to get there now there were there have been times throughout this journey um and anybody who knows me can attest to that where i would be i would work a full 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 work day and i would work come home and work until 2, 3, 4, 5 a.m. even in the morning studying or I would wake up at 2 in the morning and study all the way through, get dressed, go to work, come back home, continue studying. Um, and I'm not saying that that's something that you have to do. I'm just saying that it's what I did. And then there were days where for like weeks at a time, I would not pick up a book. I wouldn't uh, open my Udacity course. I would none of those things. And um, allowing yourself to be distracted in that way is doing yourself a disservice, not only because your brain relies on consistency, like you literally need consistency in order to get anywhere, right? Like 
sometimes we have this fantasy in our heads that like we're smart. So all it'll take is like the movie montage of like a week of studying something and then you'll be perfect at it. But if you've ever heard of the the tale of 10,000 hours, like LeBron James and Gordon Ramsay and insert person who has mastery of their art here didn't get where they got because they put in a week of work. It required constant effort and practice to attain perfection. Um, And allowing myself to get distracted was so much more detrimental than the times in which I would go at something for hours at a time um, simply because during the distractions are where your your negative self-talk becomes the loudest, right? When the voices in your head that are telling you you're not capable of doing it in that lull, that's when they seem right, right? Like, you don't do something correctly. You say, oh my God, I'm never going to amount to the thing, this lofty goal that I set for myself, right? And then you procrastinate and then you walk away and you have one more goal unfulfilled. So if you take, yet again, nothing else from this podcast, consistency is key. So if you remember at the beginning of this conversation, I said grit, faith, and humor. So grit is the concept that you are persistent, that you allow yourself to fail and you pick yourself up and you keep going. Um, Actually, over the course of my studies, I, I developed a mantra for myself because it got to be almost crippling this fear that I had of failing. Um, so I'm going to read you guys the mantra. I hope it, I hope, I hope it's helpful. I hope you guys like it. Um, so here's my mantra. This is why I'm here. I like succeeding at the difficult things. I like the win. I like the burning in my lungs and the adrenaline in my veins. I like the view from the top of the mountain and knowing I conquered. I am not a quitter. I do not lose. I will not be defeated by the gaps in my knowledge. I will not be defined by what I cannot do. I believe in my ability to make sense and wholeness out of the things that are new and scary. I will not be ruled by fear. Ever. There were days where I would write that mantra out to myself over and over and over again on a pen and a pad of paper. Um, I would type that out. Before I got started sometimes on my lessons, I would read it over and over and over at myself in the mirror because fundamentally this thing that I am doing where I am trying to like shift the course of my life and it felt like the weight of my whole family was on my shoulders, that's scary. It's intimidating. Um... And if you don't have grit, it might crush you. And that goes for literally anything. For those of us who are 
uh, underrepresented minorities, who are first gen, who are the first in our families, um, to attain a certain level of success, you know how scary that success is. And the bare knuckled grit that you have on everything to make sure that nothing falls and nothing fails, you have to let go of that. And that fear is only keeping you from being the best version of yourself. By the way, this whole process didn't turn me into like a motivational speaker either. So if you like, if you want to skip through half of this, it's totally okay. I'm not taking offense. All right. So told you why you need grit. Now I do need faith. Now, faith got me through the worst of what grit couldn't. Um, after I got to a place where, you know, I'd done all the things that people say that you need to do. You learn the fundamentals and then you learn the framework. Then you build projects, build more projects, build a portfolio, build more projects. After I did all that, I started applying. I applied to internships. I applied to jobs. I applied to externships. I applied to jobs in Poland. I applied to jobs in Iceland. I applied to jobs that would require me to live in places where it's negative 20 degrees on a regular, regular, schmegular day. And I don't know if you know me, but I'm African and we don't do that. <laughs> um, and every single time I got like a no, no, thank you. Sorry, but no, thank you. We have we have decided to move on to other other candidates at this time. Best of luck. Um, one that actually really shattered me. I got all the way through um, a lot of the screening questions, and then this com- company that shall not be named sent me a link to a personality quiz, and I took it. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And then they sent me <laughs> an email back like sorry, (laughs) your personality is not best suited for our company. I'm just kind of like, wow, my whole personality fam, my whole personality is not best suited to be a software engineer. Bet. Um, but I had faith, right? Like you reach, you reach a plateau once you have done the work and you have put in the effort and you've put in your blood, sweat and tears, actually bled ones. Long story. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, and, and yes, there, there were lots and lots of tears. Um, but once you get there, there is a certain faith that you have, right? And it helps when you have people around you who keep you keeping the faith. Um, for me, I had my best friend. My best friend is also uh, a self-taught developer. And it's really uncanny, but like we're the same person. He <laughs> he has like eight years on me, but we are genuinely like the same person. It is so odd. We have the exact same reactions to things, um, the same mentality, but he's a better version, right? Like he's had eight years to hone his craft. Um, and the level of dedication and will that he showed, um, 
I had to level up. I had to match that like level of intensity. And when I ever felt like I couldn't do it, he always came through with a pep talk. Um, before my very last um, interview where I got this position, um, I, I will never forget. I was on my way to um, my job interview and he literally said, you're, you're not looking for a job to be a developer. You are a developer. You're just looking for a chance to prove it. And that confidence, I think, showed up in my interview because I, I have never spoken so confidently about MVC controllers. <laughs> I've never spoken so confidently about uh, use, use state hooks in my life. Um, and that faith that I had that everything was going to work out. I keep that still, right? Like ever since I got the position, I've had the recurring thoughts of what if I get there and I flame out? What if, you know, they rescind their offer three days before I get there or, you know, and any number of like worst case scenarios. And like, I, I now have, this new voice, super quiet, but it's there. It's like saying, bro, you'll be okay. The same way you got that job was the same, is the same way that if like anything happens to that job, you'll get another because you've done the work. You've done the work and you've gotten this far. Doesn't matter what anybody else says now. So last thing you'll need is a sense of humor. You may have had heard me uh, chuckling a few times, and that's because I remember the number of days where I literally would have to get up in the middle of my studies and have a dance break. Um, I would I would reward myself with dance breaks, um, whether or not my code was actually working, because I felt that because all of this is so heavy, and because I needed to like tap into my like inner wells of grit and strength that I did not have before I started this process. Trust me, I was a wilting flower in the sun before any of this got started. And I'm still a wilting flower in the sun a lot of a lot of ways, but um levity, levity and humor are so underrated because it literally lightens your spirit, right? Like finding a way to find a way to laugh. Um, will take you far. Not only because it shows that like you're still here, like you're, you're, the core of your personality has not changed. It also shows that like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You might feel like you're going through the crucible of your life at this point, but at the end of it, life is still what you make it, right? And I choose to laugh through things. I choose to find the levity and find the joy and find the light and hold on to it. That's all I'm going to say about that. I, Whatever... In whatever you, ways you find your um, find humor and find joy, um, 
I encourage you to hold on to that. Now, some actionable tips because I've just been like giving you the feels. (laughs) Some real things that you can actually do if you want to be a developer. Number one, set a goal. That was the very first mistake that I made. I said, I want to learn how to code. I didn't say, I want to learn how to be a front-end developer or a back-end developer or a full-stack developer or a DevOps engineer. If you don't know what any of those things are, good. Go look them up. Um, anybody these days who asks me how they can break into tech, um, how they can learn how to code, how any of those things, the very first thing you need to do is define your goal, set it, and then develop your roadmap. Because otherwise, you are literally going to be twisting in the wind because you have no idea where you're going. There's nothing worse than a nebulous understanding of what you want. If you start a journey, you have to know where you're going. I mean, sure, you could do what I did and, like, get in a car and say, I want to go somewhere and, like, find yourself stranded in the middle of Oklahoma. But, like, I wouldn't advise that. Don't do that. Do it the smart way. Um... Define what you actually want to do. Sometimes you might like look up what front end developers do and be like, yeah, no. How about I go into cybersecurity? Right? Like it's an entire about face. Um, Which is why you need to, it's it's a good thing to do to define the parameters. It also helps you know when you have succeeded, right? Um, A lot of the fear that I had when I first started to apply to positions was that like, I don't know that I'm a developer yet, right? Like, I don't know that I'm good enough to apply to places. And that's because I never defined for myself what it means to be good enough to apply to places, right? There, there are places that will take you when you are in like an unformed ball of Play-Doh and fashion a developer out of you. And then there are places that want you to show up as Michelangelo's David. And then and only then will they give you a position in the company. And then there are places that are vastly varied in between. And you have to figure out what it means to like throw your dart at one of those places in between. Or, you know, whatever end of the spectrum you want you want to live in. And know that you're able to get into those doors. Set a goal. Two, it is okay to reassess or to change your mind. When I first got started, I said, I'm going to be a front-end developer. Actually, no, I said, I'm going to be a full-stack developer. And then I said, I want to be a blockchain engineer. And then I said, hmm, I don't want to do this at all, actually. Never mind. I changed my mind. And then I said, you know what? Being a full-stack engineer sounds good. How about I do that? Um... You can do that. Just make sure it all goes back to number one. Make sure that once you have changed your mind, once you have reassessed, once you have course corrected, you still set a goal and define for yourself what it means to have reached it. Cool. Number three, learn from others. I cannot stress this enough. Learn from others. Learn. Learn from others. Quick ASMR for your head top.
A, this is an industry, um, tech in general, um, is far more collaborative than you might think it is. Um, if the idea you have of hackers in your head is like that person who's like in a basement somewhere and frantically like typing on their keyboard. I don't understand how they haven't broken their, their keyboard, but they're frantically typing. Um, and you see a whole bunch of like green letters and numbers on their screen and it's great and like five seconds after they started typing got it i'm in yeah no that's no if i'm typing that furiously it's because i'm looking around on stack overflow trying to figure out where i went wrong um there are whole communities um on reddit stack overflow free code camp that are geared towards helping you not sit and look for six hours for an answer to a question that a hundred million people have also spent six hours searching for an answer to. Like, you literally can go to Stack Overflow or you just, like, type out whatever your error is and then at the end of your your um, error, just type Stack Overflow and I can almost guarantee, like, you have not, you are not the first person to break whatever it is that you broke. There is nothing new under the sun. Um... It may be a new language, it may be a new framework, it may be a new whatever, but there is nothing that is so new that somebody else hasn't thought about it, asked that question, and probably solved it. So yeah, allow allow the successes and failures of others to help inform you. Learning from others is not just about being online. Um, part of the thing that helped me, I went to meetups. Um, I actually briefly served as an organizer for Black Code Collective, which like will forever have my heart. Um, Women Who Code, React DC, there's so many different um, meetups. Um, and, and, you know, DC is not unique in having those organizations. They're all over. Um, go to meetup.com for as long as it exists and um, look for, for those communities near you and be intentional about the workshops that you go to, the people that you meet, because those networks are also important. You do not have the luxury, if you're a self-taught developer, you do not have the luxury of sitting back and waiting for the universe to like drop knowledge or networks or contacts or jobs into your lap. You have to do the, le- the legwork of developing and building those communities for yourself. Which brings me to my final point. Standing on the shoulders of giants still requires you to do the work. I'm going to repeat that because I, I kind of said it fast. Standing on the shoulders of giants still requires you to do the work. One more time for those in the back. Standing on the shoulders of giants still requires you to do the work. You have to do the work. There are no shortcuts through it. There's. I'm not one of those people that like tells you, oh, you have to work. Uh... 50 60 hour hour weeks in order to get where I am I'm telling you what I did but there's something universal about what anybody else has done you have to do the work we all have done the work we're going to continue doing the work because this is not an industry that stagnates like I'm sure whatever I learned back in 2018 I mean literally what I learned in 2018 about react has changed because of react hooks so don't know what to tell you you have to do the work there's 
nobody who's going to like come and crack your skull open and dump all that there is to know about programming in your head or, you know, whatever it is that you want to study, whether you want to be like, you want to be in cybersecurity, you want to be a pen tester, you want to be a cloud engineer, cloud architect, none of those things are going to happen unless you do the work, you have to do the work. And for those of us, and it's, this is the part that I, I hate having to say, but for those of us who are underrepresented minorities, you'll hear people say, oh, take shots that mediocre white men will take because, you know, they're a mediocre white man and they'll take it. And so why can't you? I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying that you have to pull up to those rooms as a person that you are because they will check you in ways that they won't check the mediocre white man. If there are gaps in your knowledge, that's something that a weekend of studying can fix. You cannot allow there to be gaps in your will. You cannot allow there to be gaps in your faith in yourself. Well, yeah, it comes right back to the very first things that I mentioned. Grit, faith, and humor. You cannot allow there to be gaps in any of those things. Um, I hope this helped. I am, I'm also going to be writing um, a thread about this later on. Um, there's a thread out there. It's called uh, hashtag 30 days of threads. Um, the 30 is in three zero. And uh, I'm probably going to be contributing to that um, hashtag just to share more concretely some of the um, tools, some of the resources that I, I, uh, I've used. Um, so I look forward to, to sharing some of that information with y'all. I, I really hope that this helped and I wasn't just like ranting for no reason, which I've been known to do. Um, and I hope that for those of you who are going on a similar journey, and it, 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 this has been pretty tech specific thus far, but people do create pivots in any sort of direction, right? Like there are people who are pivoting from having a nine to five to being an entrepreneur. And I think there are some things that are universal. Um, if you are pivoting from being a banker to being a t teacher, there's some things that are universal. You are going to need grit. You are going to need faith and you're going to need humor. Maybe that should be the title of the show. <laughs> I don't know. All right, um, that's it for me. Thank you for listening. Um, the Living Corporate family has been incredibly supportive. Um, I want to thank Zach in particular um, for not giving up on me because somewhere between all of those months, um, I think there there were months at a time that I gave up on myself, and it showed. <laughs> Um, but we're here now. I also want to give a quick shout out to, um, my grandma who died, I think, um, two weeks 
before was it two weeks yeah two weeks before uh i actually got this position and now i'm gonna be a little teary on the mic like i said 2019 was a hard one but um i come from a very long line of powerful intelligent capable women and um she was one of those and uh the world is a slightly dimmer place without her but um I gained an angel and there's nothing more empowering than knowing that you did this thing turn everything around for yourself and being able to like look up and say I did it and I know that she saw it okay I'm gonna stop now I've been like more vulnerable in this I'm gonna say 40 plus minutes than I've been in like a year so this is this is my dose of of vulnerability and realness I'm gonna go back to masking my vulnerability with many many things that I'm not gonna be discussing on this podcast (laughs) all right um I'm gonna go thank you so much for listening for your support for your guidance um for your prayers this has been Ade. You've been listening to Living Corporate. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.